your scriptures, but I do believe God's got something for us in these. I know, uh, I know somebody's praying for me. Amen. I appreciate your prayers. Makes the difference. I, uh, I could just rattle off probably a half a dozen things that I would really enjoy talking about this morning. Now, I don't guarantee you'd enjoy it, but I know I'd like to talk about it. I could stay in the Word every bit of it. There's studies I'd like to get into. There's things that I would I feel like are important. But you know what? I, we need the mind of God. We need the timing of God. And for God to visit us and to move like he does so regularly here, it, it can't be my will or what you want. We've got to surrender and let, there's a reason God moves in this house. And that's because we just let him have his way. If he wants to just stop us right now and the Holy Ghost wants to just call an altar call, I'm, I don't need to preach. Amen. If somebody needs healed and God wants to move in that way, but I want to be sensitive to the direction of God. And that's why I say, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me that God would give me that sensitivity and help me uh, hear from him? Because, uh, hallelujah, that would help so much. In this last day, it's necessary, so vital that we are not off track. So uh, I thank you for your prayers. I thank you for your encouragement and all you do to be a blessing. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your presence here. We thank you for your grace. Lord, that is amazing to us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we know that, oh, you paid a price on that hill far away, Lord, that, that, Lord, we might know you. And, God, I ask you, please, to talk to us today. God, let your anointing just work in a powerful way and give us ears to hear, Lord, what your spirit would say to us. Help us, God, to just be led by you. We love you. We need you, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Matthew 5, verse 13 says, Ye, somebody say, that's me. That's God's got a will for your life. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost, have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? If salt isn't salty enough, how do you salt salt? How do you make it? We got a problem. If it's lost its savor, its flavor of saltiness, how do you, how do you, it, salt, salt, that's flavorless. It's thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of man. I guess you could use it to throw down on the sidewalk, but even then it's going to mess it up. That's <laughs> what the man told me for about our steps out front. I said, don't throw so much salt on there. You've just messed it all up. So salt that's not salty isn't good for much. Well, it said, he said it's good for nothing. Right. Yeah. Ye are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to talk about that salt for a while. And you understand. You pray and you seek God. And if you've got questions, please ask them. We want to help you understand the word of the Lord. Even when Jesus was done preaching for a while in Matthew, the 13th chapter, his disciples came to him later and said, can you explain some things to me? So don't be ashamed to just say, hey, I, I want to further inquire of what in the world you're talking about. 
Or what does that mean? Amen. Jesus is talking about salt and light, but he's really talking about the kingdom of God, about the people of God and what we ought to be. But there's a problem. There's a problem he is addressing. And in these last days, amongst those that are called out, the ye, the me, the we, amen, there's a problem that God wants to address. And even more so in this last day that we are coming into the end times that is so obvious that we it's winding up. Amen. He gives the example of salt. So, you know, those of you that are on a low sodium diet, please just set that aside. We're, we're not talking about that right now. But, but uh, salt is an interesting uh, part here of, of what God is saying, that, that salt is used very little bit. Uh, uh, you're, you're doing it wrong. Let me just give you a little hint. If, if after you get done salting your food, it's crunchy, you're doing it wrong. The idea here is a little bit is going to enhance or change the environment for better. Amen. So this kind of idea you will see throughout the word of God, the idea of a remnant, a small group of faithful people in the midst of of a world that is full of sin and in the midst of a bunch of religious folks that are full of apostasy, that they're backslidden, that they love the world and they don't love the kingdom of God. But within that, there is a remnant of people, a a, a faithful few that are saying, I want everything God's got. I I love him and he loves me and this is my, this is so good for me. And God says that little bit, that little bit there at your workplace that you are, is to change for the kingdom of God, to influence, amen, To, to, to have the power of God in you. That can make a difference. That there is something that is different about you. That the world can see, you know what? Things are better for you. You're blessed. I want to know what what, what that is. I want to, when they see your good works, when they see that light shining, that you don't say, hey, yeah, you know what? Let me tell you how great I am and talk their ear off about your favorite subject. You know. You're going to tell them how great Jesus is. You're going to say, you know what? I was lost. I was a wretch. Amen. I was blind, but now I see, amen, that God has made the difference. God makes that change. That transformation we're going to talk about here in a little bit. God does that. You can't change yourself. You can't make up your mind to be different. You've got to say, God, I need a savior. God, I need help. You can't, you know, Moses came down with commandments etched in stone. How good did that work? They still needed a savior. They still needed a, a, a God that would come in the, in, in the flesh and pay that price for their, their sins and our sins. God makes that change in us. He transforms us. He takes us out of darkness and into light. We once were lost. We once were blind. Amen. But God makes that difference. Let me tell you, somebody here that's struggling, just give it to God. Just give that to God. Amen. You need strength? Go to God. You need help? You say, I can't? Through God can. Amen. 
I'm not able. God's able. It's too much for me. It's not too much for God. When God comes into the life of a child of God, saves them, he changes them. He transforms them. The Bible says old things pass away. Amen. And how many things become new? All things become new. When God washed my sins away, filled me with the power of his Holy Ghost. Can I tell you something? Hallelujah. It wasn't me doing my best now. It was me relying on God's power in me to make me what I need to be. I I never once, can I say it this way, uh, that looked at my life and thought, you know what? God's making me, forcing me to do things a certain way and, and, and causing me to, to, to go away from things I, I love and I enjoy and, and, and I want so much. You know what God did for me? He set me free. Amen. And I'll tell you what he'll do in you. I, I've heard preachers preach against sin all my life. Praise the Lord. But you know what? When God filled me with the Holy Ghost, changed my heart, changed my life, I started seeing, you know what? That's smart. Sin. Sin is stupid. Sin. The things that I once enjoyed, I started seeing. That's not helping me. It it got down into, I just give you my testimony. I, I... you know, God, what God will do, he'll change the, the want to in your life. He'll change the desires in your life. Amen. You'll start seeing that the way the enemy was leading you, the way you like, you know what? I don't relate to that anymore. The, the same kind of music just doesn't excite me anymore. The same kind of entertainment, it doesn't thrill me anymore because I've got a heart that's new now. I've, I've got a, I've got a, Got life and that more abundant. I got something so much better. When I realize that I come in the presence of God and worship Him, feel His presence, to walk with Him, and I look back at all the things that that I listened to and I looked at and times I spent my t- time I spent doing, I start I start thinking, what a waste of time. Some of those things, praise God. I sister was talking about getting set free from cigarettes. Why not? Why not? Amen. I know it's it's bondage, but God breaks chains. Amen. When you can say, I don't need that as a crutch anymore. I don't I don't want that in my life. It's killing me. It's destroying me. Amen. The the alcoholism, the drug addictions, the the, the all, all the things of this world that that you start saying, you know, why was I listening to that? I remember talking to a young man one time about his music, and I said, you know, look what you're listening to. Let's just talk about it. What are you enjoying? Let's talk about some of your your favorite music, and let's just talk about it reasonably. You know, I, I just, this is what I like. Wow. Okay. Well, there, that's kind of filthy. How's that? Why? Why is that enjoyable to you? Well, there's, well, they're singing. They're, they're degrading said, man, you got a mom that you love dearly. you got a sister that you, you care about deeply. They're, do you hear what they're saying about women, what they're calling them? Why is that entertaining? You know what? I found out when God changed my life, he gave me something better. He gave me something so much better. 
to have stuck in my mind, <laughs> to have in my heart. He, he set me free from the things that bound me. He, he broke chains that were destroying me. Amen. He cares about you. And when it, it's not, hey, you better stop that. You better give that up. You better follow this law. You better follow this rule. It's God, thank you for giving me something so much better. Thank you for giving me something that is exciting, that it's real. There's life in this. Amen. God will do that in you. Listen, some of you, I, I know, uh, you wonder, say, man, just, just tell them they shouldn't do that. It's one thing to tell somebody what they should and shouldn't do, and they say, okay. But it's another thing for somebody to say, you know what? God put a desire in me to do better than that. God put something better in me. Look what it says in Romans 12, verse 1. See, I know, I know where, what God laid on my heart today. And... What we are up against today is not only is, is really this, not much different than Jesus day. We can point at a world that is lost and point at all the sins that are prevalent in our culture. But the problem is the church of today, the modern church has absorbed so much of the culture that they're no longer salty. There's no longer a difference that can be tasted. Amen. There is this idea that we can just love Jesus and, and, and still look like the world, talk like the world, love the things of the world. Can I tell you what First John says about loving the world and the things of the world? If any man love this world, the love of the Father is not in him. I, I'm not telling you, you better. I'm telling you, if God's in your heart, you're going to start loving his kingdom. You're going to start loving righteousness. You're going to start seeing the damage that's being done to this world and to lives. And sadly, the church has conformed itself into under the world rather than been transformed to be able to make a difference. They've lied to people and said you can hold on to your sin. You can hold on to all the bondage of sin. You can keep your chains of, uh, that the enemy has tied you up with. And you can still just be a child of God. Romans 12 verse 1 says, I beseech you, I beg you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's surrender. I'm just telling you today, if you just yield to God and say, okay, God, my life's yours now. I'll follow you. You lead me and I'll follow. Listen now, sometimes in my life, I've noticed when I say, God, lead me, he pulls this dirty trick on me where he says, okay, take this step. And in my mind, I'm thinking, how am I going to get, I know where that's going and I'm, I'm, I can't go that. Just take this step. He doesn't have to tell me how he's going to get me to where we're going. You said, follow me. You follow me. And he forces me to trust him. I start second guessing and saying, God, I think you're leading me somewhere. I don't have the strength to go. You just take a step at a time and trust me. You take a step at a time and let me give you the strength for any other step that I have for you. You give. And I got to trust him and say, God, well, you're good. And I don't, I don't know anything. I know. Every time I try to do it my way, I'm, does it work? No. So take this step. 
What if you leave? Don't worry about that. I'll be there with you. All your what ifs, this, and how am I going? No, just take this step today. Jesus said sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. That means don't worry about tomorrow's devils. Just fight today's battles. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Fully surrendered. Fully surrendered to God. Holy. Acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's powerful to me because it just seems reasonable if you know God is, well, God. If God is everything, you're not going to try to convince him, hey, I kind of like it this way. Who's God here? I think we ought to do, wait a minute, be a sacrifice to him. Teach me, Lord. Teach me how to serve you. Teach me how to worship. Teach me how to live for you. Teach me day by day. Teach me about my finances. Teach me about my relationships. Teach me to be a good steward. Slow down and stop. Pray for a while. Let God lead you some things. He'll talk to you. He'll talk to you. Problem is not that God won't talk. It's do he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. It's reasonable when you're saying he's God, he's Lord of all. It's reasonable to surrender all to him. It is unreasonable to say, God, you're amazing. You're awesome. You're the creator. You're the judge. I'm going to stand before you. Hey, I'm going to do things kind of sort of mostly your way. Okay. That's not reasonable. He's the king of kings. The thing is, when you're being led to change that he's. And you realize, God, I know you want to break these chains. I, want, I know you want to help me be free. Help me with the battle that's in me. And you'll find out that God will, God will do more than enable you. He'll educate you. He'll give you wisdom. Right. Say, you know what? It's more wise. Yes, things that I'm allowing in my life, things that I'm letting around me, it affects me. It affects my spirit, affects my relationship with God. I want to, I want to, I want to do what's best for him. And, and it's not unreasonable at all to just say, God, you be God in my life and you lead me from some things that are hurting me. Say, I'll hurt you. Why does a parent say, don't play with that. Leave that alone. Stay out of the traffic. Get that fork out of the outlet. Why does he want to ruin your fun? They, a good father is trying to help you no matter what's fun to you. And then you grow up a little. You say, yeah, that was stupid. There's a lot more fun things to do than getting stupid drunk. There's a lot more fun things to do. There's a lot more better things to do than, than sit around and, and just allow the, 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 the world to, and the sin and the, the enemy to affect my mind and my heart. Praise God. There's joy unspeakable and full of glory in God. Look what it says in Romans 12, too. This is an indictment to the modern church today. This is completely and utterly against what we see the model of most of what you would call the mega churches of today. Be not conformed to this world. 
That means shaped after, molded after, following the trends of this world. But be transformed. Here's what it says. Here's what we've been talking about. By the renewing of your mind. That your mind is changed. God will change your mind. And say, you know what, I, I, that, that way was not leading me right. But the world has been told by false teaching. You can, you can have your sin and have your salvation. You can have your, what you want and God can, you can call him Lord. You know, he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. They won't be grievous to you. You're not going to say, oh, it's so hard to live for God. If you love him, it's not because he'll transform your mind. He'll start changing your mind to what it ought to be. Why do people lean on things that will hurt them, destroy them, hurt those around them? Amen. Be a stumbling block to the people that are looking up to them. You're not living as an example. You're living your will, your way, and justifying it. Why do we say, God, it'll be all right. He still loves me no matter what. He loves you enough to help you be free. But churches today have become conformed to this world. What does that mean? It means they've lost their savor. They have been convinced that we can be in the name of relevance. Now, listen to me. I know it sounds so good. But at its core, it's a lie to somehow be so relevant to a culture that is so anti-Christ, anti-Bible. To somehow try to say we can fit in and change the world by looking, acting, talking, dressing, being exactly like the world. Salt is different. Amen. You say, well, well, wait a minute. Now, come out from among them and be separate and touch not the unclean thing. Amen. I know we got this idea of Jesus just hanging around at bars and hanging around at, in, in the hell holes of the world and going to where all the hookers are and just, just going into all that. Not one place in your Bible does it say that. They followed him. Look at where he is when they're around him. He, he's, at, he, he's sitting there at, at a table at a dinner at a, in a home of a man, and they're following him. Hey, he's got something that's, well, I feel like it's going to transform. It's going to take all this away from me. Well, praise God. See, when God showed me my, the sinfulness of my sin, you know, book, book of Romans talks about how the law the one thing it's good for is it will show you the exceeding sinfulness of your sin. It will show you how, to the, in the eyes of a holy God, how sinful sin is. That's why grace can be so amazing. Grace isn't that big of a deal if you don't think sin is such a big deal. But when sin is abounding, grace does much more abound. That means when you know how bad the sin is, you realize how great the grace is. But people have been told their sins aren't so bad and it's not such an offense and They've been lied to about a holy God that that made a place called hell. That was his idea. You know, skeptics have a problem with hell because they say, how can, how can that even be a thing? What you're missing is the very holiness nature, holy nature of God, that sin is an offense. But he's doing everything within his power to help you choose to be saved from that. He wants you saved. He'll do everything. You say, I don't understand how he can send people to hell. No, no, he's not sending them there. He's saying, come on, don't be lost. 
He doesn't want anybody to be lost. You've got to walk over his mercy and his grace to get to hell. Don't be conformed to the world. But be transformed. When I realized how sinful my sin was, I didn't say, well, I just I better get away from that. Right. <laughs> I, I, I better take a half of a sidestep away from it. Right. Repentance is a 180 degree turn away and a running toward Jesus. Amen. A change of mind, a transformation where you're not trying to be all things become new. Yeah. Born again. Amen. You can't do it alone. Sadly, a modern church is just saying it doesn't matter. That's why we don't need the Spirit of God, because we're, we don't worry about transformation. Just say a prayer and, and believe. I'll tell you the right kind of belief. Jesus said, if you believe as the Scripture says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. That's belief. That's faith. Faith is transformative. Faithful. If you believe, I'm telling you, if you're saying where I'm standing, I really believe a truck is coming. It will transform where you're standing. Amen. It will affect your position. Hey, hallelujah. And if you really believe that sin is sinful and God is awesome, you're going to turn away in repentance and turn to God with all your heart. Amen. Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He'll transform your mind, transform your want to, your desires. He'll make you smart, make you wise. You say, well, why was I doing that? Well, I was bound to it, but he set me free. I, 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 I didn't have anything better. That's what I leaned on. Now I've got Jesus. Well, there's some times I'm, I'm feeling a little low. I'm feeling a little lonely. So I do the, I, I revert back. Hey, you go pray now. Yeah. And you can feel better. Amen. Right. Oh, well, I was having a hard day. So, you know, I just thought I'd go, go ahead and get in the Word of God and turn on some good gospel music. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, you don't understand. I was having a bad day. So what? You went away from your friend? People say, well, I was having a tough time. So you ran to the devil? You ran to the chains? You ran to that old way that you said you needed free from? Oh, you got something better. When God transforms your mind, you start seeing, you know, sin wasn't good for me. Sin wasn't good for me. You know, I used to go ahead and say, well, everybody's sinning, so what's the big deal? Well, some people were recognizing through the transformation of your mind that you don't have to, and there's something better. And if there's something better, praise God, then it would be wise to go ahead and let God give you that better. If he's going to help you do it, it'd be so foolish not to. He's going to transform your want to. He's going to show you. It's like we're talking about that dog with that bone. You know, God's going to give you a nice, a nice steak and you're going to get rid of chewing on that bone and give you something good for you. Amen. Turn to second Corinthians, second Corinthians Two. Talking about that salt. Yes, sir. Salt that does not have the distinction of salt. Do you ever just throw, go throw a little bit of salt on your plate and then after a while you just kind of put it over your head? Maybe it's not coming out because I can't taste anything. Right. You know? 
uh, salt that has lost its saltiness. Christians have have been sold a lie that you don't have to have an identity of of being the answer. Right. Having what this world needs. Yeah. That we have come out from among them and been and been made separate. Right. That God has made given us something so good that when they see our our good works, when they see that transformation, that we can make a difference, that there can be life given, there can be victory, that somebody can be made free, they can be, their chains can be broken. But can I tell you, if you're living in this world and you've lost your saltiness, where's the testimony that they can be free? Where's the testimony? That, so I'll tell you what has will happen. You can actually be a stumbling block to people. That God's dealing with them and saying, I, I want to do better. I want to, I, I know this isn't satisfying me. And then Christians come around and say, oh, you don't need all that. I, 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 I'm not interested in hear what I need. I, I just, I want God's best. I want that transformation. If God can take away from me the things that are harming me and, and hurting me and, and, and holding me down. Oh, I want everything he's got. Second Corinthians 2, verse 14. Now, thanks be to, unto God, which always, somebody say always, always causes us to triumph in Christ. Aren't you glad for victory? And maketh manifest, listen, the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Now, we're going to get somewhere here. And this is why a lot of Confessing Christians have a problem with God's transformative power, with the idea of being born again, born of the water and of the spirit, that the change is going to be made because you know what? Now you're going to go out there. You're going to shine the light. Now there's going to be a difference in you. Now you're not just that flavorless meal. You're the salt that makes a difference. A lot of folks that don't want to be different. A lot of people that don't, don't want that responsibility. The Bible says we always have victory in Christ, and he's going to make manifest. He's going to show forth the savor of who he is, the knowledge in every place. But this is, this is what the modern church false gospel has a problem with. Because look what it says. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. So the problem is that when you bring Jesus into the house, Jesus into the room, Jesus into the job, Jesus into the community, have you read the Gospels? There's going to be folks that you see them, and we're living in these last days, so it is amplified. There's, there's going to be people that say, I'm searching for more. I'm searching for help. I'm searching for Uh, I'm searching for that transformation, and I can see, I can sense, I can taste that savor. I can see the difference in you. That's your witness. That's your testimony. The fruit of the Spirit that you bear, and that they see that there's a change in you. You've You've got heavenly, God's kingdom priorities in your life. But there's going to be some that you're a threat to. Because they're like the Pharisees. 
They're solid in what they like because they don't want to give up. I'm not even giving up anything. You know what? It's like Paul said, you know, uh, the things I walked away from to be a child of God is just dung to me. Just garbage to me. But the world is convinced I don't have to give that up. I don't need to walk away from that. God's going to give you better. So people that are self-righteous and have made up their minds that they don't want a Lord of their life that they're going to follow and surrender to, they're going to feel that threatening of, of Jesus that walked in. Remember, there were people that flocked to him and said, I need that. I'm a sinner. I need help. It was those prostitutes. It was the, 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 the heathens and the outcasts. But there were others that had a little bit of religion in them that, that they weren't a fan, let's just say. So much that they, they made sure he was crucified. That's uh, a lot of hate. It's a lot of hate when you can take someone that all they want to do is, is be righteous and holy and be a blessing and help. And now it's, they're screaming out, let his blood be on us and on our children. We'll take the guilt of this guy. Get, out, get him out of here. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and perished. To one we are the savor of death, unto death to another savor of life, unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? What we're trying to say is, this is where persecution comes in. This is where, where is persecution in a modern church? It's, it's absent completely. Why? Because there's nothing out there that, that shows people there's something better. It doesn't challenge anybody. There's no teeth in it. There's something that I tell you, the gospel, it, it, when, when you're walking in God, there's going to be people that they're not going to be excited about it. Right. Not because you're, you've got a problem. You don't be arrogant or, or rude in any way. We're not forcing anything down. But I'll tell you what, that devil and that self-righteous attitude is going to rise up sometimes. Right. When they have made up their mind, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live for God my way, right. what I want. Yeah. First John three, verse 13. Let me read it to you. First John says, marvel not my brethren. If the world hate you, why would the world hate a Christian? Why do they hate Jesus? John fifteen eighteen says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Jesus got a lot of friction in his ministry. Why? Because he was salt. Not everybody is as ready to make that change. And instead of just saying, you know what, I see that that's better. I know that that's right. I know that's what I need. Rather than that, they'll attack like Cain did Abel. Right. Sadly, I, I'm not excited about preaching about persecution. And, and, and I, I've seen preachers. Listen, let me just get this out of the way. I've seen preachers already quite a bit. Just seem like they get a kick out of being hated. They think it's cool. And they like to just spend a lot of time on all their enemies attacking them. And what a waste of time as far as I'm concerned. I just want to feed God's sheep. And I'll let the heathen rage and let the people imagine a vain thing. But I want to tell you the problem with a modern church is there's not enough difference to, to make anybody upset. There's not enough change to that, not enough transformation. It's, it's conformed to this world so much that it's, it's, there's nothing that's threatening people's security in their errors. We're living in a world where, where 
people are, are, are just being led. If you believe Jesus, you can still keep the chains of bondage in your life, still hold on to sin, be relevant, be cool in this world, and, and, and rather than take up your cross and follow me, the people will hate you. John 15, Jesus said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But you, because you're not of the world, and I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. You have God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Listen to this now. Now, this ought to be about the sinner, about the, the unconverted uh, but how many in our mega churches today relate to this? It says, you're a God, little children. Verse 4 of 1 John 4. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Sorry, I kind of just went right into 1 John 4. 4 didn't give you a warning, I know. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. I can relate to this world so well, and they hear me, but why, but why don't they hear you? Because you're salt. This world hears its own and is not threatened by its own. Too many preachers in pulpits are still in the world, loving the world, the things that are in the world, preaching a false gospel that does not get people to repentance. Where's repentance preached anymore? Where is a sorrow for sin and a turning from sin and a turning to Jesus? Not this idea that I, I want to tell you something. Uh, this Bible tells you how to have faith. This Bible tells you how to believe. But faith and belief without repentance is not biblical faith. The idea that you believe in Jesus and somehow that hey, without that transformation, if you believe as a scripture, he will start to transform your life and he's going to break chains. Amen. He's going to set you free. He's going to make you a, a light. He's going to make you salt, a, a, an influence in your society. But without repentance, we are just the world talking to the world. Listen, I've heard the most worldly, motivational preachers, speakers talk using scriptures. There's a lot of principles here that the world already knows. Hey, this is a good teacher. Hey, when he, Jesus becomes more than a good teacher and becomes a savior from your sins, that's when we start influencing our culture and our community. Amen. That's when we start being salt and light, not just taking a few neat scriptures out of context. And I can do all things through Christ with strength. I'm more than a conqueror. Hey, you need to get on your knees and repent of your sins. You can be conformed to this world and not be transformed by the renewing of your mind Call yourself a follower of Jesus all you want. But Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. I don't want to be anybody's enemy. I really don't. I don't. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be very, very transparent with you. I wish it bothered me a lot less than it does when, when, when people hate, but hate me. But I can see in the word that in order to follow Jesus, you have to take up a cross and follow him and and he said, the world hated me. 
first. When you stand up and say that God is... Your first step is turning away from sin. Your first step is repentance and saying, okay, God, it's not me just saying I, I'm going to quit and I'm not, I'm going to stop. It's me saying, God, I need you fully. I need you. That's why we're going to baptize tonight because we're going to bury that old life because we reckon it dead. It's old. It's dead. I'm not going back. It's a commitment. And the Bible says ye shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, this promise is unto you and your children. And it's not going to stop there. It's going to be for all that are called. As many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. God's got that power for you to be transformed today. It's not scary. It's real. It's life. It's God. He's He's not behind a veil anymore. He's living in, in us. Amen. He said, I'm with you, but I will be in you. When I send that comforter, I will be in you. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. God will fill you with his power. Not afraid of that. That's, that's God's word. That's God's promise. That's Christ in me, the hope of glory. What a glorious thing. But the world has said you can go your way and make a, a confession of faith. A confession without turning is, well, it's like faith without works. It's dead. It's dead. You know, there's preachers today multitudes in this country that are saying the book of James was a mistake to even be in the Bible, that the book of James does not belong in the Bible because he says faith without works is dead. And we understand all you got to do is believe. Listen to me. The right kind of belief will change where you're standing, will change the direction of your life. If you say you believe, but you don't turn, you believe sin is sinful and God is awesome. You can say you believe all day, but... But if you don't turn to Jesus and say, I'm going to put my back to the things that have bound me, put my back to the things that uh, that are darkness. I'm going to put my back to the things that are in this world and turn to Jesus. You're just kidding yourself. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak of the world and the world hears them. They're relevant. They're relevant. Jesus had something better. Jesus had true life, truth, and the truth will make you. We are of God, and He knoweth. He that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. How much of our Bibles are we willing to rip up and throw out? How much of our Bibles are we willing to just tear the pages out and say it's not for us? It's not for today. We live in a modern society. We don't need the blood of Jesus. We don't need a cross. We don't need uh, an altar where we repent and cry tears uh, of sorrow for sin. We don't have to be, be shame of sin in our past. And, and we just got to put our confidence in us and, and, and believe that, that God doesn't see that anymore. The Bible says turn, they've turned the grace of God into something filthy, into lasciviousness. I'll rip that out too, I guess. Rip out all the places where the disciples went over and over and over. Hey, I'm going to baptize them in the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to command you to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Rip that out. We don't do We just believe. We just believe. What about the infilling of the Holy Ghost? They're laying hands on people, letting them fill with the Holy Ghost. Hey, have you read that talks about this says forbid not to speak with tongues? Hallelujah. Paul said, I'm thankful I speak in tongues more than y'all. Rip it out. Rip it out. Rip it out. 
a changed life, a new life, a life that is transformed. Rip that out. I believe, but I'm salt that has lost its saltiness is good for nothing. Today, church, I know I'm talking to somebody here today that you're feeling the friction of that that savor of Christ in you. What am I saying? You're following Jesus. You're saying old things are passing away. You're seeing and 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 it's it, it brings adversity. And you want to believe something's wrong. You want to believe maybe if I just just try to get along, maybe if I try to make somebody happy, maybe if I try to try to please people and 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 God's going to understand. I'll put him over here and I'll just please people and make listen to me. It's it's not the right decision. We never set out to make enemies. We never set out to to hurt anybody. Never set out to to have divisions and families but it's exactly what jesus said jesus said i didn't come to bring peace I came to bring a sword but you keep following god you keep praying for your neighbors and your the community and god's god's gonna gonna bring in whosoever will amen second corinthians 4 verse 3 mm, hallelujah god's gonna transform your life one step at a time God's going to make changes in you. And you're going to say, wow, that's, that was good. I'm so glad he helped me see the wisdom of his word and the foolishness of my own opinions about things that just never and ever helped me. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3 says, but if our gospel be hid, it is him to them that are lost. If your salt isn't salty, if your light is, is hidden... It's hid to people that need to be saved. A light that is hidden is good for nothing. Salt that doesn't have any flavor is good for nothing. And if our gospel's hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Listen to this. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, let there be light. And there was light. Now God's speaking to his church, his people, saying, let there be light. God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God transforms us. He, he molds us and he shapes us. He takes out the old and puts in something new. There are some things when God saved me, it just stopped right there. There are some other things that it was a process of sanctification. It was a process of God cleaning me and working in me. And I've seen that over and over and over again, that God just does some miracles. And then some other things, maybe some battles, other things, just some learning. Some things where I was sitting in church just saying, God, I just want your will. I'm feeling so good. Everything's going awesome. I feel just uh, uh, like a, like I've got everything going so well. And I've got the, God, I love your will. I love your will. And the preacher preaches. those. I thought I was doing really good. And now conviction's hitting me. You know what? You just get it right. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Lord. That's, that's good. I get that. I, you're going to help me do it, though, right? You're going to help me change. You're going to help me let that go. You're going to help me lay aside every weight. And the sin that just so easily besets me, attacks me, 
God's going to help you. But you gotta, you got to be willing. you got to be willing to say, okay, God, I know. I know you're talking to me. I'm not going to be rebellious. I'm going to let you, but I need your help. I need your help. I'm going to lean on you. And he's going to lead you one step at a time. He's going to sanctify your life. He's going to help you. And you know what? Every step of the way, nobody that's living for God looks and says, you know what? I really miss. Uh uh-uh. When God takes away sin, he's done you a favor. And one God gives you, it takes that away and he fills you with something better. You say, oh, God, thank you so much. But the sad thing is so many professing Christians. They, they've, they've been lied to. They think they don't need to have the salt. Well, you know, I, I'm going to reach a lot more people if I, if, I, if I look like them, I talk like them, I act like them, I have the same priorities as them. I thought you were born again. I thought you were born again. What, what, where, where did the change occur? If you're the same person you've always been, where, where is the new birth? Where is that transformed by the renewing of your mind? Where is that old things that pass away? Can you, can you talk about those old, what about those new, all things becoming new? What about how the Bible describes a new birth? God help us. People, people don't want to follow Jesus because they're not going to always be the, the hero. You're not always going to be the popular one. There's going to be some people that will, will will come against you and all you want to do is be a blessing all you want to do is help people see how good god is oh let's be the light let's be that salt let's make up our minds god i don't want to i I want everything you've got i want you to change me i want you to mold me i want you to lord use me to bring glory to your name hallelujah can we bow our heads in prayer please i love you god Too much of this modern day. The, the Church of America has, has been so attacked. We look at this culture and we recognize that there's this idea of relevance and how we have to not be so worried about what somebody that's your truth and, and and you can live your truth no matter what you feel no matter what you believe as far as you know maybe your gender or it, it, it's your truth it's different than my truth and we say oh it's there's got to be truth in this world there's got to be truth in our culture and and, and there is truth and then we come into church and everybody has it their way and everybody's looking for what their will is rather than God's will. We can look at the world and judge that and say that's wrong. They need to understand that there is there is a standard of truth. But churches have grown and grown under the lie that we can still be everything we always were without any transformation and still be effective for God's kingdom. You want to be effective for the Lord's kingdom? Come out from among them and be separate. Touch not the unclean thing, he said. 
Holy Ghost now. You're the temple of God's Spirit. Move away from sin. Turn from sin. Repent of sin. Let God fill you with His power. I'm here to tell you the best thing that you can ever have in this life is God's power living in you. And He can, He'll do it. He will do it. Listen to me. He wants to fill you. It's His good pleasure, He said, to give you His kingdom. He wants to give it to you more than you want it. He wants to give you liberty. He's a good Father. And He wants to take away the things that are hurting you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God's working in you. And He's going to complete that work if you'll just let Him lead. Come on, let's find a place to pray, church. Lord, to, to make the difference 
to shine the light in our homes, in our in our families, in our jobs, Lord. That everything we are and everything we do. to God's Spirit leading you. You pay attention when God's speaking to your heart and telling you, you know, I, you can do better than that. I'm going to help you. We can, we're going to take care of this. Oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God's going to help you. God's going to help you. in your care. Lead us, lead us, God. Talk to our hearts, God, and continue to, to cleanse us and to shine your light through us. Lord, we love you. We praise you, God. Bless, Lord God, this day for your glory. The service is tonight, Lord. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, church.